How we going, mates? Welcome back to the Top Step. I do have a quick little solo mission for you here on Monday, October 31st. Yes, it is Halloween. What are you dressing up as? I don't know what I'm going with yet. I know what the kids are wearing. I've got a Light McQueen. I have a little leopard in the house running around today. So I don't know. I've got to figure it out. Usually I just go go straight for the um, straight for the Steve Irwin. That's the easy one, honestly. Because uh, I got the shirt, the shorts that I got from, they're authentic. I got them from um, the um, the Australia Zoo. So it is legit authentic. And I just you know, usually throw a wig on or something. So I'm probably just going go to go straight to that. All right. I want to talk about a couple things today. It's an interesting time. You have to structure your off season. It's an important time. Some guys have to sneak off and keep it under wraps what they're doing. No joke. I'm going to talk about that. And the other thing is some guys just fall right back into what they were doing the off season before. But I want to talk about all that. It's an interesting time because some of your favorite players are right now contemplating what are they doing leading into next year. Obviously, if they're not still playing in the World Series, which may be postponed today. Um, regardless, you might be listening to this tomorrow or the next day, so it really doesn't matter. But before we start, make sure you go subscribe. Grant Balfour will be back with me later on this week. But there's a couple of things I just want to dive into. All right, guys, let's get into it. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Face a Hall of Famer. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life. <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. As six. Victor Martinez and Grant Belfort join and benches and cleared. My goodness. This this is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. All right, so it is that crazy time. Guys have just gotten off. Uh, their seasons, they've had that little break, they've sort of decompressed, they're happy or they're pissed off with what they've done all year long. And now it's that time where you're sitting at home, you might be from a small town, you might be from Australia, you might be from wherever you are in the world, you might be close to really good facilities, you may have your off seasons absolutely down pat, but it always changes every single year. And the trap that some players fall into is they kind of just go back and check the box. And what I mean by that is they, you know, I'll start playing catch around, and this is no joke too. I'm talking about elite level athletes. I'll start playing catch around Christmas. And until then, I'll just you know I'll hit the hit the gym or whatever. I'll do the same stuff I've done the last couple of years. It, it seems to work, but every year is different. It brings different challenges. Your body changes. You get older. You go through injuries. You find something that works, doesn't work, and obviously all this stuff is modernized too. I mean, I'm I'm going back. I remember 20 years ago there was some just you get a. You know, the Mariners would give you a book. I think they still do, actually. I don't know. But the Mariners would give you like a workout program. It was just printed. And it was the most generic, basic thing. And it wasn't their fault. It was just basically a template to say, look, if you haven't got anything going on this offseason, do this. And you kind of followed it. I mean, I never followed it. And I'm not trying to give myself a pat on the back. But I was lucky, man. I got a chance to train with a guy locally who kind of – it was uh, luck that, that I kind of found this guy. 
He was a sprint coach. We used to train twice a day, and I loved it. It was such a blast. It was never a drag training out, training with Carl Wallace in Newcastle where I grew up. It was, it was good, and it really got me in good shape, and I learned so much stuff that I still – some of the principles I still learn today. The other thing is, too, some guys I, – I, this is no joke. They have to sneak off, or they want to keep it under wraps. They go to some of these facilities, and one of them is down the street from me, which is Driveline. Now, Driveline is so prevalent in baseball. But I still find out that guys want to keep it confidential that they're working out there. And not because or they're worried about the, you know, the, the media or anything like that. They want to keep it confidential from their team. They want to keep it under wraps from their team, which sounds crazy. I am not joking. There are situations still, it's 2022, where a player will go down to driveline, which is, again, super advanced, super nice facility. And they'll go in there and it's all confidential. They don't want the team to know or you know, they, they don't want to offend any hitting coach or, or pitching coach or, or whatever. Because you've got to remember too, there is still that element in baseball where you know, this is the right way or that's the right way or this is the only way to gain velocity or this is the right – whatever it may be. There's still that element. So sometimes you, you leave a season and you've, you know, you've really uh, meshed really well with a pitching coach or, or a hitting coach or something like that. But you, you just find out that your buddies or you're watching these guys from afar and, and they're going to some facility or having some coach and they're just having this breakout success or they found something you're like, man, I want some of that. But then it's the, the principles of the training are completely different or off compared to some of the stuff that you've, been, you've worked on with you know, your current coach that year or, or whatever it may be. I'm not talking I'm, – I, I, this is in the major league level and this is even in the minor league level as well. Even you – know, you go, whatever – college baseball and I'm just talking professional baseball for sure so that happened to me I'm not gonna lie I was in a situation where I was coming up through the minor leagues and it was easy for me because I didn't have a choice I go back to Australia there was no checking in there wasn't a situation where you know I could go to the the facility like Peoria and and go work out the facility January February and be around the coaches and that was kind of sometimes guys had that choice where they, they said you can come in work out with us here or you can stay home. Well, I, I couldn't because I was in Australia. So I was 7,000 miles away. So it was easy for me. But later on in my career, when I started doing a lot of the weighted ball stuff, now this is early weighted ball. This is before it was super mainstream. This It was not mainstream at all when I kicked it off. So I, um, I had a strength coach. I, I just had a terrible year. I was in, ended up in AAA with the Astros. Had a shocking year. Just depressed, just clueless just out of answers and a lot of guys I'm telling you right now some of your players whether they're fringe players or they've struggled or they've underperformed compared to what they've done they go through this telling you right now they leave the season and they're like what the hell just happened and they have to seek out answers so for me it kind of worked out in in my favor I was living in Los Angeles and um, I had had a strength coach uh, Gary McCoy actually I'm going to give him some props he said hey man you, you should really meet Tom House um, and I'd heard of, Tom, heard of Tom House, and I mean, everyone had, he's kind of like this guru, but man, a lot of people in baseball were so against everything he was doing. And I was like, you know what? I, I mean, I've got nothing to lose here, absolutely nothing to lose. So there I, there I was, I went off, I started working with Tom. Now, two, two things that were great about that. First of all, physically, it was great. Some of the training we did, I got my velocity back, started, you know, doing way to ball training, and, and a lot of the, some of the, the principles that I've, um, you know, used and now I use when I when I coach kids uh, come from, you know come from Tom House. Now I do like driveline stuff. I, I do I uh, spent some time down there this summer and I love all their stuff and went through that certification process. Um, so I think you know with with Tom's stuff it's great. 
but when I found some of this new stuff and, and things I've used with kids in, in the winter and everything else, um, I've kind of enhanced some of the, the, the foundations that he set, but enhanced it with a lot of the driveline stuff and, and things that really work for me. And I find that, you know, through trial and error, have worked with some of the kids I work with, uh, especially phasing out how I throw and structuring recovery days, etc. Anyway, all that aside, um, so I remember I was working out with Tom and it was taboo. I remember going back into camp and at this stage, because I had such a bad year, I had to go back and prove myself, right? So I could not, and this was you know, said to me, I mean, Barry Zeta, who had just won the Cy Young, was working out every day there. A bunch of big leaguers were working out every day there. But I went back into camp, into spring training, and, oh, yeah, what, what, what do you do in the off season? Oh, you know, I just... I just made it. I just essentially made it up. I was sneaking off. I swear to God, I was sneaking off to where no one could see me and doing all my way to ball training. That's how crazy it was. And then a pit, I'm not going to say the organization, but there was a pitching coordinator who caught me one time. Uh, this is when the season had already started. I was back in the in the minor leagues, right? And so uh, this is after I'd been in the big leagues, everything else. So I'm an established major league player, but here I am sneaking around with weight of balls. Yeah, I'm not joking. And this um, pitching coordinator called me and said, you are going to blow your arm out. What are you doing? This is crazy. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sorry. Dude. Mind you, my arm never felt better. My velocity was back up. And I was like, man, where was this 10 friggin' years ago? But I just knew that's how it rolled. You had to sneak around. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, that was, what, 2012, 13. <laughs> Fast forward to 2022. And I'm talking to some of these players, and you know, because I'm I'm lining up some guests for the for this off season to come on the show, uh, on under the under the podcast, and you know, you just have those conversations, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing this off season? It's interesting. It's such a you know broad range of what guys do, and if they just kind of do the generic stuff, or if they're just doing some wacky getting after it, whatever. Then I come to find out, it's like, hey, I can't talk about what I'm doing this off season in detail because I don't want the organization to know. And I was like, are you – and you know, it wasn't a whole big conspiracy like or, hey, keep big top secret or anything like that. It was just a random you know, off you know, kind of conversation. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries, man. That's all good. That's totally fine. But I just got, I remember getting off the, off the text message or the phone just baffled going, man, guys are still doing that. I couldn't believe it. Now, I honestly think that if they just communicated with their organization and said, listen, this is what I'm doing this offseason – I can guarantee the organization would probably be totally fine with it, especially now in, in this day and age, because it's 2022 and, you know, a place like driveline or some of these other places, they get results and they don't care. At the end of the day, does it really friggin' matter? You come in, you're doing some different stuff, whatever. And the organization may be fearful that you might hurt your arm or that you're going to, you know, um, neglect some of the good things you do because you're working on it's just crazy but that still exists so this is a crazy time for your favorite players i'm telling you right now because some guys man they're just absolute machines some guys have their struck their place they love it and they're, they're great but a lot of them i'm telling you a lot of them I'm, I'm curious when we start talking to some of these players this off season a lot of them man they're right now as we as i talk on this podcast are figuring out what are they going to do this offseason? How much money is it going to cost to fly somewhere else? You know, I'm, I'm at home. I've got a family here in Louisville, Kentucky, whatever. But if I have to fly over to, you know, let's say I have to go to driveline for three months, what kind of sacrifice is that? Big example of that, I said this a bunch. Now, Felix Hernandez, at the tail end of his career, those last couple of years, I always said every offseason, he would go to Europe, he'd go to these big trips, whatever, and sure, he'd get after it. 
But I remember there was a year there. I never forget it. He was really declining physically. He was he was a different dude, and it was a wake. It was it should be a wake up call to say, dude, listen, you have to make some adjustments. Your body's different. You have to start doing some different things. And I remember th- sitting there going, thinking to myself, my suggestion, if I was his teammate, was to, hey, look, we're playing the Astros. Go walk over to, to Justin Verlander, who, by the way, was declining. And he found himself. He made massive adjustments in the offseason. And again, I'll, I'll say this again. Off-seasons can make or break your favorite players. They really can, believe it or not. I know it's the winner, and they're off spending Christmas, Thanksgiving with their family. But the off-season is a crucial time for veteran players and especially guys who are on the fringe or trying to get to the big leagues. I'm going to talk about the Arizona Fall League here in a minute. But it's a crucial time. So I always said, man, if Felix, when he's when we're talking, you know, when he's getting 30-plus, just walk over during BP and say, hey, Justin, what do you got? What's it going to take, you know, for me to, just to get back to what I was circa 2008, 2009? It just never happened. It's hard, man, because you've got to think about it. You have to sacrifice your entire offseason, and that's your time kind of to, to, to relax. You've been stressed out for six months, seven months, whatever, and that's your kind of your time to, to you know, enjoy the fruits of your labor, so to speak. But that just never kind of that never, never happened. And then there's other guys who just completely come into camp looking completely different. Mechanically, they look different. Physically, they look different because they've gone off and they've sacrificed that winter of, you know, and plus probably I'm sure they've, you know, spent their money not on, you know, trips or fun stuff. They've spent their money on some of these places, man. They can get friggin' expensive. That's for sure. They've gone and spent their money at a place and, and sacrificed a good chunk, three months worth of just absolutely getting after it because they want to be better or they want to, you know, overcome something that they, they you know, were dealing with or, or, you know, get rid of some of the distractions. Especially, and this is what makes it tough for some of these young players, some of these kids who at that Arizona Fall League age group or whatever, you, you hear about all the time, oh, they've got this big prospect coming up, blah, 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 blah. Well, what the separator, I'm telling you right now, the separator from, and people ask me all the time, how'd that dude never make it? The separator, when you, let's say you've got 10, your top 10 prospects, and, and usually the organization's pretty good about staying on top of them, but sometimes, man, when they get home and they've got that free, you know, October, November, December into January, that's a big chunk of time, man. You let them off to their own devices, all of a sudden, they're not the same dude who you watched last year. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, what the hell happened to that dude? Like, how come they never made it? Whatever. The offseason's a crucial time. Now, speaking of that, right now, the Arizona Fall League is happening, right, as we speak. What a weird, I'm not going to say a weird place, but it's very kind of under the radar. Honestly, they're really trying to promote it. I get it. I don't think it's ever going to get super, I think they're televising games like an all-star game or whatever. But you got to think, man, the, the Arizona Fall League, if you're a player, and I've been in this position, I'm going to tell you a story in a minute. If you're a player and you get a chance to go to the Arizona Fall League, first of all, congratulations. It's massive. Like put it this way, 2019 All-Star Game, which is in Cleveland, that featured 43 Arizona Fall League alums. So nearly 60%. And by the way, yeah, sixty. I think it's around 60% of the Arizona Fall League players make a major league roster. That's amazing. 321 All-Stars as well. 19 MVPs, 6 Cy Youngs. You get, the list goes on and on. So it is a place, if you're a player, it's kind of like that that um, that blue check mark to say, yeah, you're official. You're officially a dude who is who is going to make an impact for us at the major league level. And you think to yourself, oh, yeah, prospect, non-prospect, whatever. There is some dudes, myself included, I remember back in the day, I'm going to talk about the Fall League here in a minute, 
that the fall league can absolutely make or break your career. And I've seen it break prospects as well in a situation where they go out, they bullshit around. It's in Arizona. Dudes go out in Scottsdale. They're having a blast. It's the off season and it can cost you so much. I'm telling you. So my little Arizona fall league story, and that's essentially what got me on the roster and, and ultimately got me to the big league. So I was in double A. This is my second year in double A, 2006. And I'm aging myself here for some of you younger listeners, but 2006, I'm, I'm in double A in San Antonio. I'm around Brad Holman. Now, I love, now, Brian, his brother Brian Holman pitched for the Mariners. So did Brad. Brad pitched for the Mariners as well. Brad was my friggin' dude, man. You always have those coaches who make a huge impact or do something or change something. Man, Brad, Brad Holman changed my friggin' baseball career in my life i'm telling you right now so i'm in double a and he always had time for me and he's like hey man i want to try some of these mechanical adjustments um that we did and i'm not going to dive into them too much uh, some some of these little mechanical adjustments because i think there's more in the tank throw harder and make your my slider a little sharper blah 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 and we did it and i loved it and all of a sudden my velo went up and my confidence was up because finally man there was a couple of years there, 05, 2005 early 2006 where i just felt like i was off the map i'm like oh, this is it for me i'm done like i don't think i'm gonna ever get to the big leagues and i get around uh, brad and he was just absolute difference maker like you wouldn't believe so he's my pitching coach in double a as the season's winding down we had these dudes like mark Lowe, eric o'flaherty you know, a bunch of guys going to the big leagues straight from not straight from double A. I think they went to triple A for a second, and then after the big leagues. And so I was doing the same things they were doing, but these guys were big prospects, and they were all earmarked to go to the Arizona Fall League that year. And I was like, oh man, Brad's like, listen, man, I think we need to get you in the Arizona Fall League. We do that, and you're in front of the the GM and the, for the Mariners, all these other teams. It's going to put pressure on them to put you on the forty man roster. So at this point, I'd already been left off the roster. I got ML Major League Rule 5 in 2005, then 2005 going in 2006. I, I wasn't even, they weren't even thinking about putting me on the roster. They're just like, yeah, no, nah, he's, he's kind of declining, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, man, let, let's really try and do it. Let me, let me make some calls. So the farm director at the time called him. They said, no, 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 he's not on, he's not, we're not considering him for the fall league. And then Brad said, well, you should. So it's nice when someone, and this is something I like to do. I have a business, Next Gen Baseball, and a lot of you heard a lot about that. You need someone in your corner, and you need someone to actually step up and change the conversation. That's exactly what Brad Holman did. So there I am at the end of 06, and um, he goes, hey, I'm still trying, man. I'm still trying. You're going to get you, get you that fall. You just keep doing your thing. Sure enough, he comes up and goes, you won't believe this, man. He goes, you're going to the fall. I was like, oh, what? I can't believe it. And like I said, I just, I'm just telling you, I mean, you look at this, right? All these players, 60% of them go to the big leagues. I'm like, man, I could be one of those 60%ers. I didn't, wasn't thinking those numbers back then, but I was like, this is huge. He said, you, he goes, this is all I ask. This is what he said to me. He goes, when you go to the four league, I've seen this before because he's been a part of it before. He said, guys go down there. They think they're big time because they're at the four league or they're big prospects, whatever. They're going to go out, party, blah, blah, blah. You are going to go out. I'm going to make sure, because he was, a, by the way, he was a pitching coach for the Peoria Havelinas. What they do is that they have usually five organizations and six players or whatever from, from five different organizations make up a team. It's sweet. You get to wear like the big league jersey. You know, it, it, you, you feel like a big league, kind of, right? if that makes sense. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's a hitter's league, whatever. Anyway, so I'm off to the frigging Arizona Fall League. I'm so excited. I can't believe it. I was never expecting that because, like I said, my career was kind of declining and I felt lost and blah, blah, blah. I lost my kind of 
quote unquote prospect status. And uh, there I am going to the fall league. Now, mind you, I was kind of filling in because dudes, like I said, I think O'Flaherty was supposed to go or Mark Lowe, and I was taking one of their spots. I didn't care, man. That's what it's all about. The only way guys get to the major leagues, even your favorite pitchers, uh, sorry, favorite players, prospects, the only way you get there is because someone goes down with an injury. And you're like, oh, the only reason you're there is because you're, you're replacing a player. Well, that's what it's all about. You're replacing someone. You're always going to replace someone. It doesn't matter how good you are. That's what it is. So anyway, there I am. Brad's a pitching coach. And um, he says to me, he goes, listen, every time the GM at the time, Bill Bavese, is in town or the assistant GM or any Mariners personnel, you are pitching. It's going to be literally every other day. I want you in shape when you come in and we're going to freaking kill it. You're not going out. I don't want you going out and partying in Scottsdale or any of that BS. I, I, we're getting after it. So I looked at this like this was my one big friggin' shot. So he literally put it on a platter for me where every time the GM was sitting in the stands, and mind you, man, there is like brass hanging out in those seats. There is big time brass sitting there. I was like, man, look at this. You got the GM of the Red Sox sitting up there. You got, I mean, they all come in and, and check it out. It's unreal because you've got so much good talent and all these guys that you're going to see them you know, going up very soon. I mean, I had like, you know, big time. I, you know, I remember uh, who'd we have? Jared Saltelmachia. We had uh, Jacoby Ellsbury on my team. We had a bunch of, I kind of, I mean, there's so many names on that team. It was sick. So I get there and it was a bit of a douche fest. I'm not going to lie. When I first got there, I'm like, man, these dudes just think they're frigging big time, man. And you can kind of get sucking into that. Like you think you got it made in the shade, get comfortable. I talked about that. Uh, last couple of episodes, how you can get really comfortable where you're at. But I just kept, Brad kept, he kept on me and he's like, he's just set up the best innings for me the whole bit. And there I was, and I dealt too. I was so confident and I was just had that, that feeling that I'm going to shove it up your ass here. The fact that you didn't think I was good enough for this. And I just absolutely dominated. I pitched so well. And I avoided all the bullshit. I remember dudes were down the bullpen, just hung over every day because they'd been partying, you know, hitting hit the, hitting the, you know, we had, I remember Halloween. <laughs> it was Halloween night. It was this time, like, this time in 2006, so a long time ago. But there's a huge thing, you know, huge party, like Halloween party, whatever, which I spent two hours at and I, I was out. But I, I just, man, I was just grinding. Sure enough, that got me on the 40 man roster. And that's, that's what the Arizona Fall League meant to me. It was massive. And just playing with some of these dudes, it's funny, man. Guys can go there and you're like, oh, prospect uh, equals Arizona Fall League equals going to the big leagues next year. I watched it. I'm not going to name names, but I watched dudes just absolutely just ruin their, not ruin their career, but basically set them up where GM's watching them. They look like absolute rubbish or they're around them or they're asking questions about, hey, how's he looking? Is he working on this? And all they did there was just party, go out, you know, just because they thought they had it made. They thought they were big leaguers already. And it cost them. And then I remember watch, I was I kept watching for these dudes to get to the, were they ever going to get to the big leagues? And they just never did. I just never saw them get to the big leagues. I followed them afterwards. Never happened. So it was, uh, anyway, like I said, good time, Arizona Fall League. I know the World Series is happening. That kind of overshadows it a little bit. But this is that time in the off season. So speaking of that, I am going to get into a bunch of different good episodes with players and it's going to be a lot of it's going to be you know they're off season driven. I really want to know what they're up to. Obviously, things they go through mentally and everything else. But it's just uh, you know that's what I love about this game, man. Everyone, you know, I, I love baseball. Obviously, I can watch it all day. I love it. Of course, uh, I'm, uh, you know, baseball gave me my career essentially, my identity for a long time, and everything else. But 
when you dive a little deep, and that's what we try and do on these episodes, when you dive a little deeper with some of these players and you kind of, you know, you, you really try and figure out what is going on. When you see someone who's hitting 200 when they should be hitting 280 with 40 bombs and they're all of a sudden they're scuffling, they're the, they're the times where I really want to look under the hood and see what is happening because it is so friggin' tough. People ask me this all the time. I've got a three-year-old son. And like, oh, he's going, he's going to play baseball, right? And I'm just like, do I really want him to go through the same crap I had to go through? Um, because it's a grind, man. If from you know, teenagers, right now I'm doing some of these college recruiting trips, um, you know, being with some of these next-gen kids from Australia, going down to some of these, these um, campuses, these beautiful campuses, looking around and, and just trying to stand out, going through that whole thing and watching some of these American kids go to these camps and, Hopefully someone notices them. It's just, man, it's 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 tough. It is tough. And then once you get to professional baseball, all the different things that can happen. But anyway, I, I, I'll keep it at that. I just wanted to check in with you guys. Have a fun episode. Enjoy the World Series. It's been good so far. I'm going for the Phillies. Um, the whole cheating thing. Look, it's not. I'm not caught up on that, but I still feel like the Astros need more time where they have to sit on that 2017 cheating. Um, World Series, or I've been blown up by Astros fans. Plus, I love watching the Phillies play. It's a blast. I, I, I'm a big fan of Bryce Harper. He was my pick to win the MVP um, back in spring training on this show. And by the way, if you go back and you listen to some of the other episodes uh, with some of the players we've had on, hopefully you do if you're new to the show, but um, you go back and listen to some of the predictions. I had Verlander winning the Cy Young. I'm pretty close on that one. I had a couple other good ones. Uh, I think I said the Dodgers. I, I, whatever. I can't remember. But go back, listen to the other episodes. Grant Balfour um, is going to join me later on this week. We're going to try and do two a week. People have asked me, hey, can you do more per week? A couple Aussies, a couple Americans have have reached out and said, hey, is there any chance you guys can throw up some more episodes because they enjoy love, they love listening to the show. So it's great. It's awesome. Hey, by the way, too, I was just looking. Um, before I jumped on, I looked on – you can do a little analytics and see – who is listening? There's a lot of South Australians listening to the show. I had no idea. South Australia, love you guys. I hope I haven't said, I know when we have Liam Hendricks on, we rip on Western Australia, but I don't think it's South Australia. I've been to Adelaide a couple of times, love it. But hey, guys, thanks for listening. I saw, I saw some of the numbers. I was like, whoa, there's a lot of South Australians. Listen, even though the Australian listeners, guys, you only make up about 20% of the listenership, but that's all right. We appreciate you. Each and every one of you, I honestly thought it was going to be a bunch of Sydney, Newcastle, just in my head. Every time I'm doing these episodes, especially when we do the Aussie stuff, I always think, man, I'm, I'm talking to someone from Newcastle or Sydney, but hey, South Australia, uh, welcome. But um, you know, everyone back home, I miss it. Now, I'd love to get back to Australia uh, soon. And um, yeah, I haven't been back there since the pandemic, since I had to sit in a hotel for two weeks. Story for another time. All right, guys, I'm going to let you go. Make sure you subscribe. Grant's joining me later on this week. I just want to check in, tell a couple stories, talk about the off-season, everything else. Subscribe, follow us on social media. You know the deal. Have a great winter or summer for some of you Aussies down there. God, it just breaks my heart to think about the fact that it's going into summer in Australia. And I'm looking at some of this weather here in the Northwest. All right, guys, happy Halloween. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you later on this week.